Alright Troops <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Mental Ginger Show with your host, Andrew Durning, a.k.a. The Mental Ginger. Well, my three faithful followers, if you watched the first episode with Harmony, you're probably wondering, how could you possibly top that interview or even match it? Well, we have matched it. We may even surpass it with this legendary guest that we've got from the beloved NYC in America, he has so many stories he could tell. Well, he was very humble, but we're going to try and coax that out of him. It's the legend that is John. But John, but how are you, my friend? It's so great to I'm see you. Doing all right, Andrew. Thank you, man. Thank you for reaching out. I'm so excited to be on here. And, uh, you know, to uh, all the fans out there in the UK, you know, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up, indeed? Uh, if anybody is aware, what I was on Jonva's brilliant podcast, Live Life Be Happy 24-7, and I finally got the lighting right, so I don't look like I'm in witness protection anymore. <laughs> I just seen it yeah, back, and it just, it was so quick, closed over. I just looked like I should have one of those voice changers, the ones asking where someone, you know, did something not so nice to me. <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny, but... Well, thank you again for allowing me to be on your, your podcast, John, but it was, it was a you. pleasure being on. What, and as we've been on the other side of the fence, being interviewed rather be than being the interviewer. Yeah, that's a, that's a first for me. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So I always like to start off the podcast with uh, hearing about the guest's origin story. Everybody's got an origin story, where they came from, how they grew up. So, John, tell our guests about your origin story uh, the journey has been a long one uh, they're actually uh, quite interesting uh, it kind of began you know i was introduced at music at a very very young age and what's what's interesting is like back in the days uh my dad and, and his friends used to like congregate at the house and back then it was it was like who had the coolest reel to reel you know that's mm. what it was yeah and i used to be which is funny i used to be in my crib kind of watching all this going on and They'd be playing all types of different music. And just, just to clarify, kind of, is it crab as in like an actual baby crab or crab is just not work for the house? I'm just making sure. Yeah, like, like a baby crib, you know, yeah. and we call it crib. Yeah, that's okay. And I, I, mean, I was watching them, you know, kind of observing like, what are they doing? Oh, I just saw these things going round and round and round. And for some reason, I was just so fascinated by the machinery and it just seemed to be like, I know, it just kind of uh, had me in a state of awe. And um, that was actually my first ex exposure to, you can say, music and, and components. <laughs> and I must have been a, a toddler back then. Mm. And, uh, you know, as I, you know, grew up, I uh, played an instrument. My first instrument was the saxophone, E-flat alto. Very and, nice. And, uh, Very nice. Yeah, E-flat alto. And I didn't really like the whole band thing. I always wanted to do my own thing which kind of explains why I'm a producer. I do my own thing. And I used to get in trouble because, you know, while everybody's playing and, you know, their thing, I just wanted to kind of do my thing. So eventually I left that and I would, what I would do every year around holiday time, Christmas, was uh, just participate in the Christmas recital shows. And I'd go up there in front of 500 people 
and played Silent Lamb on my saxophone or um, or Frosty the Snowman. And I knew then I, while I was playing, I could actually see the audience and I wasn't phased by it. I just knew I, it, I belonged there. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, 500 people in the audience, and you're just playing like it's no big deal. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, only like other performers can really get from that. As we spoke about in like in your interview, I have no confidence at all. But the second I'm on stage or doing anything related to performing or this type of work, it feels like I belong. And a lot of people that aren't in the performing mindset don't really tend to understand that. What? Yeah. So when you were in the band, what uh, what type of genre of music did you play? Was it blues, Motown, what and pop rock? Well, as I kind of made my journey and went to uh, college, I was more so, actually, I was studying probably jazz and music, and I was a performance player, but also a background in, in composition, too, as, as well. So I was studying your jazz and your classical simultaneously, but that's just, I, I, I am. So I, one day it'd be Mozart, Chopin, the other day maybe Herbie Hancock or Giant Steps, you know, that type of thing. I, mean, I just love music. And, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I was exposed to that because um, I never like to be labeled. I just want to do the music. And that's why you probably see if you pull me up through social media is I'm on so many different genres of music because that's my personality. You know, I just like to morph it. So I don't have a favorite. I enjoy everything. It's always good to like, especially as a producer, you've got to be very eclectic when it comes to like your musical tastes. So what college did you go to for the, for the well, uninitiated who don't know the legend that is genre? Well, you know what? When I, when I started out, I went to a school. I went to many schools. I went to a school down in Florida called Palm Beach State College. And mm-hmm. we had some unbelievable professors down there who they were really great in their, in their careers, but they, they kept everything silent. You really didn't know. I didn't find out about who they really were until my adult life. I started Googling them and find out, <laughs> oh, wow, interesting. And uh, from that point on, I did eventually uh, make it over to, to Berkeley. And that experience was, am- was amazing. Berkeley was like a who's who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a who's who. And you get to form some really good relationships. I mean, some of my, my mentors has been uh, Sean Slade, who produced uh, 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 Radiohead. Yeah. Uh, Prince, uh, Charles Alexander, who worked with Biggie Smalls, um, Sting, uh, Beyonce. Um, just uh, a lot of interesting folks. So wow. the, my mentors. So I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it was like an amazing uh, experience, you know, oh, to have them as your, your mentors. Yeah. That's brilliant. So who was that? Who was in your class? Well, uh, Bert, with it, maybe let some of our audience may know. You of. Know, I, don't, I, I was, like I said, my, doing my own thing. So I really don't mm-hmm. pay up to other people. So just like, okay, you know, oh, you went there. All right, cool, whatever. But, you know, I never, never pay attention to that because it's always been about, for me, just being focused on having tunnel vision on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I really, and it's not like I, I shun people out. I just don't do that. I'm just so intense and focused on what I'm doing that there's no room for anything else, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that, I think that's what kind of helped me along the way, just having that tunnel vision and being able to achieve, you know, certain, certain, certain goals, certain feats. Mm-hmm. So after uh, you left the illustrious Berkeley, uh, what was next for genre? Well, it was like really to get out there and just mix it up and, and learn. Well, I mean, learn music, you know, learning music in academia is, is, is one thing, but 
learning music in the real world, it's it's like you're starting all over again. And you say it's the same analogy as if like when you pass your driving test, it get, the, the test gets you so far, but it's when you're on the road, that's when you really start learning. Exactly. Mm. So you got to put all this theory into place and it, it is a learning process. And, mm. and I would say you have to humble yourself to be able to make make the moves. So for me, it was always humbling myself and getting in, 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 in situations where I could learn. And, and when the time was right, then I would get my opportunity to be able to show what I could do. And, um, you know, it was just been amazing. I mean, I've had artists who folks who needed like music, you know, mm -hmm. they don't write the music or they need, to, or they need somebody, a go-to person, a producer, you know, I'm yeah. the go-to guy I can come in there and just, you know, sit down, tell me what you need. We'll have a conversation and then start creating, you know, if that's what you need, if you need something more in depth, I can just adapt to whatever the, the situation is. So I've been very fortunate to have, you know, some very interesting folks that kind of caught me in the studio, be like, hey, can you kind of write us a song or do some demo work? I'm like, all right, all right, good. And just go ahead and, and just write it. You know, once you I say get was the most kind of like crazy kind of out there demand, because as performers, we all know some things we can be a little bit eccentric, but that's how we're good at our craft. What would you say was the most nuts? I think the most nuts was I had to work on a, on a demo project. And I think me and, and another writing partner, we, we kind of started like at 9 PM mm -hmm. and went through the whole morning and went through all throughout the night. We didn't stop until like eight o'clock the next morning and wrote four songs. And wow. I was like for demo submissions. Yeah. That, it's that intense. But again, mm -hmm. it goes back to the whole tunnel visual, tunnel visual thing. You know, when you have tunnel vision, is this it's nothing it's just so focused you can't you won't be able to deviate you're just locked in you know and that's four different styles of songs have their own personality their own characteristics yeah but you would never know that it was all written in just like all in one shot and yeah, that's gotta be it's gotta take like a toll on like not only like your physical health because you'd be tired you'd be exhausted but what, what impact would it have had on like your mental health because what you know as well as I do, like, like both have to be in sync, like, to keep going and writing. While music is essentially pouring out your soul, it can be it can be draining. How how did you, did you manage to kind of keep that balance in in your head? Well, for me, it's it's therapeutic. Mm. Like I said, when you enjoy it, it's very therapeutic. So some people are like, well, that's a lot of work. Well, no, because I'm just flowing with the ideas, mm. you know, and just flow. You know, and what I usually do if I get on the instruments, just the piano, I'm allowed to just be very uh, intuitive and just kind of flow with it. So I'll just sit there and just play and play and play. I'm used to, you know, when I was in college, I was used to training like maybe 10, 12 hours a day on the piano. So that's not, it's not that difficult. It takes a certain type of discipline to do that. For our audience, uh, how many instruments do you play? I play the piano. I play... Of course, keyboard synth, acoustic, and an electric guitar as well. Wow. Well, and what about the saxophone? You ever pick that back up again? You know what? When I play the sax, it's not for the world. It's just when I just want to kind of doodle around. I just need to mm -hmm. kind of relax and just pull it out and like play some songs or do some scales, you know, when I have it around me. And that's just like almost like somebody needs to do yoga, you know, yeah. to start doing push-ups. <laughs> I just kind of pulled out if it's around me, then just start playing and just do scales. And then I got, that's how, that's my way to kind of decompress. 
what would you say was the main kind of reason for going into like the producing side rather than like getting yourself out there? What because you can play many instruments, like you're you're very talented. What you're such you're such an what, an articulate speaker as well as a what, a Thank great composer. Uh, what made you choose like going down the helping others route instead of like what so many artists can do, which is going down the selfish route and kind of helping yourself? Well, I found that my mom always has as a saying, you know, when you reach reach a certain levels, uh, you must give it give it back. Mm-hmm. So when I sit down and, and work with artists, or even as a mentor, because I I do mentor young up and coming producers, songwriters. It's just to kind of help them because I remember when I was starting out, I had professors that gave me that opportunity and invested their time into me. And I always said, when I reach a point where I can kind of give that support, I would do the same. But of course, you know, there has to be, we have to build a relationship because we need to make sure we're, we're definitely on the same page. And, and that's what I bring to the table. You know, not everybody can make a record. I'm, I'm skilled in making a record. And that's that's a special craft as opposed to just playing an instrument, because it's it's, it's there's a science behind that, you know you know there's a science you know there's a a sense of emotion that you have to bring to it. So it it takes a lot of work. A lot of folks not able to do that, so they need somebody who has these kind of skill sets to bring their vision into a sonic representation, and then you as the audience. You hear the end result of that package product, which is the sonic representation. Hmm. So, where where's your like career taking you? Well, obviously, like, you're based in New York. What um, what would you say is the furthest traveled that you've ever been? What and what a musical standpoint? Musical standpoint, furthest has been like L.A., you know, hmm. Beverly Hills area. And that was kind of interesting. Uh, I had a chance, it was many years ago, I had a chance to, I was going to do some demo work out of a studio there where Quincy Jones had worked. Wow. We were con- considering uh, working out of there. At the time, it was um, the Back on the Block album. I was like, you know, younger mm-hmm. than there. And it was just, it was amazing. You know, I was like, uh, yeah, this is cool. But these days, I like to work remotely. You know, and I was working mm-hmm. remotely way before the pandemic. Because yeah. I, I really do that. So when the mm-hmm. pandemic just kind of just, came upon our doorstep just like oh you know okay I've, I've been doing remotely so it's not a big issue you know if you're in Shanghai, the same kind of thing with just going out everybody wasn't like going out anymore and I was like well I'm, I'm a bit of a hermit miss yeah. this this plays into my wheelhouse I'm okay with that yeah. how did you find like going to LA how, how old were you when you went to LA if I'm in New York I love me. New York you know it's different you know just it's just different mindset you know, I'm total New York all the way. So like I said, I'm mm. East Coast. Um, yeah, it's different, you know, you know, wonderful people out there, but I'm so bred in New York. That's, that's, that's all I live and breathe. But, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, yeah, you know, I'll go out there and do some work, but you know, I like my New York. <laughs> mm. well, have you ever what, had to do work on like the, what the video side of it, like music videos, like production like, as well as all like, the music production? I do music production, yes. Yeah. Well, never, never been on like a, a music video set, like to try and like get guide the artist and how to how to put on a show. Oh, say it again. Well, have you ever been on like a music video set? Oh, you know what? <laughs> that was when I was younger. You know, I was a child. You know, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to like dancing. 
You know, um, mm. interestingly, um, had I not pursued music, I would have been a dancer. Mm. What was That's, your favorite style of dance? Would you say? Well, a lot of people don't know, but um, I used to be a break dancer. Wow. I like, I yeah, so the break dance, and then I learned, uh, I learned modern dance along the way. Mm. Uh, and I, I had this vision that I wanted to be a choreographer. So that's what it was. And I did have um, somebody that, um, a ballerina from France who, I don't know how they got me into it, but she worked with me and I was able to be in one of her performances as her partner. So I, I learned a little ballet. So that's another story I have to tell you. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it, it was interesting. I'm one like, I'll try, I'll, I'll experiment. I'll try it, you know, yeah. once it's safe, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> ever ever dabbled in in acting yes i did um when i was in uh, college i was very fascinated by shakespeare so we did a play called uh, i believe it was lesser strata and ah. i was citizens of thebes mm. and i didn't know how i was going to do it but you know some friends of mine they we had a little bet and mm. they were like well let's see how long you last well you know my character was citizen of thebes Mm. And I had, you know, speaking parts and it was all amazing. I was also in Antigone as a, a um, what was it? A Spartan soldier as well. But that was a non-speaking line. So yes, I, I could dabble, yeah. Mm. So what what boards have you tread? Have you, have you been on uh, what, any of the major stages? You know, um, when, I, when things were back, you know, normal way before that, we had an opportunity to, and I like to also give back. We did a telethon for uh, children with, um, I believe it was muscular dystrophy. This was somewhere in the upstate New York area. And we were on TV, myself and uh, my co-partner. And uh, we, we did that. It was really nice to, to do some kind of thing that raises awareness. And that was great. But I don't like to be on stage like that. I always like to be behind the scenes. Mm. But for that one situation, because it was really a good cause. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. why not? Let's just kind of help out and raise some money for a good cause. So I'm always about doing things that will help make the world better and, and, and inspire, you know. Now you have your, your podcast, your Live Life, Be Happy 24-7. How did the podcast uh, come about? How did it percolate in your subconscious, so to speak? Well, what happened was uh, pandemic kicked in and there was a lot of uh, uncertainty uh, in the air. Mm. And I said to myself, um, I was sitting down, I just thought one day, I'm like, you know, we need to come up with a platform where people could connect with each other and just talk about any type of topic, you know, with respect to each other mm. that... Um, folks will want to listen to. And I just started one day and I did a college student. You'll hear about his experience, you know, having to deal with, you know, the new situation. And it, when they heard that people were like really taken back because to hear it from a young person's perspective, a Gen Z, mm. you get a bird's eye view of what, what he's actually saying, you yeah. know? And then it went from that, then I would bring on other people who had their point of view, professionals, educators and just to talk about because i feel as though if i can get the information out there there's somebody around the globe that will want to connect with it you know it's not for everybody because everybody has their own taste of what they want to but for the most part you know um it did very well and we landed in like um nine countries 
Wow. Nine countries. But but for me, it was never about money. It was just about Mm. getting the word out there so people can connect. Yeah, definitely. What would you say was probably your your biggest lesson going into the, the podcasting game? My biggest lesson is don't chase anybody, mm. you know, have your image, have your concept. And it's, it's fine to be you yourself. Don't. And I was like, I'm not, I didn't want to mirror anybody. Cause there were so many people doing pockets, doing podcasts. Yeah. But if you heard my podcast, my, my podcast is, is, is me, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't try to emulate anybody. <laughs> yeah you do really well with making people feel as what as i was a guest on your show you feel very comfortable around you and what yeah. that that takes that takes a real skill in itself it just shows the kind of person that you are like a, like a, like a people person so to speak yeah well you were amazing what? man you, you were you came off really well it was, it was it was like great and and i was just like you know the goal was to make sure that my guest who's a friend we're having a friendly conversation and you and you're 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 making i'm gonna make you feel like you're at my house that's how yeah. it is that's one of the uh, good things about technology like you could be what half a world away yet and you still feel like you're just what in my case you're just chilling out in my kitchen mm-hmm. yeah and just just Definitely. ignore if the, if the wife comes in <laughs> yeah i'm like she's through watching yeah. her tv so that's okay all right but, um <laughs> so when the pandemic like did kind of get a bit deeper obviously started taking a lot of toll on people's what um, mental well-being as well as their their physical well-being how did you what combat like you know any, any of those type of like dark thoughts that could have entered your head during that time did you just throw yourself into your music was it mainly like the tunnel vision on the podcast yes you, you you hit it right on the on the money hmm. i just submerged myself into creative the, the creative hmm. mode which is the music some days, you know, I'd just be on the piano, just, just writing. I have a lot of, I wrote a lot of music, mm-hmm. you know, I worked demoed with, with folks who were looking for, you know, to just do collaborations. So I did a lot of music and you know, the podcast always, you know, keeping folks and people like, wow, you did that for almost like two years. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Like I said, well, write every day. Yeah. yeah. Well, and honestly, we both met through uh, Mark and Kirsty from uh, Top Talent Promotions. Yes, How did you come across Mark and Kirsty, or did they come across you? What was the what was the process of your kind of link up with them? Yeah, they came across me on social media, Instagram, and then you know we made the introductions. Then I'm, from that point on, I was just all right. Let's just jump on Zoom, and right from the start, we hit it off very well. Mm. And then from that point on, we've uh, we were just build a rapport. You know, I always believe in building the rapport and, and it just kind of just happened organically. Yeah. And always, well, it seems to be that way. Like Martin Kirsty are very laid back when it comes to, like, you know, getting artists what, involved in their projects or trying to make you, it's the same deal, making you feel at ease and feel uncomfortable. Who would you say, maybe out of the top talent promotions family, that you've not had on like your podcast or collaborated with yet? That you would really like to collaborate with? Well, you know, I would say I would like to work, maybe collaborate with Dr. Funk. And we're gonna be we're gonna mm-hmm. be doing an interview uh, real soon. So uh-huh. we'd like to collaborate with Dr. Funk. 
uh, Dominic of Harmony uh, Productions. I'd like to, to work mm. with him as well. There's a couple of uh, vocalists, you know, I like to see, you know, what we can come up with in terms of uh, some materials. Mm. Uh, Memento, I checked out their stuff. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm here digging their stuff too. There's a couple things. So there's, there's a lot of stuff, but those are the folks that kind of came on the grid. And mm -hmm. also uh, Talia, you know, who I interviewed today and I had, had opportunity to see her show. You know, like I said, I'd like to kind of, you know, let's see what, what, what we can come up with as well. So there's a lot of things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the universe that we can kind of, you know, put together. Yeah. Okay. So what does the future hold for, for John? Where do, you, where do you see things ending up? That's interesting. You know, I never, I never looked that far and I want to tell you why. You know, I'm, I'm, I always, I'm very present in what I do. You're like, well, you don't look that far. No, because for me, time doesn't exist, really. And I'm going to say that, you know, it's what you make of it, yeah. you know. So I do have a project probably coming out very soon, which is a four song EP, a transatlantic project with artists from different parts of the world. Wow. We've already um, we're, we're in the mixing phase right now. Then we have to master it. Mm. I also have a. Uh, a collaboration with a very, very talented uh, uh, performer from the UK named Adam Wed, a good friend of mine, oh. who, whose bandmate was um, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran played wow. bass. So mm. We got some stuff going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fell right I got another, mm. Yeah, I got another song I'm working with with uh, an amazing uh, uh, singer. Her name is BB Phoenix, also from the UK. I'm getting a lot of stuff from the UK, and we're we're coming out with some material that I'm writing for her as, as, as well. So like I said, um, kind of pretty busy. And another one, I guess I can't really drop the name, but this is somebody from, we can say, I, I can share this. They're mm. from the Broadway world. Right. They've been on many top shows, uh, performances like Rent, Hair, mm. Okay, I can't just wow. can't really say the name because I'm on the yeah, end. That's, that's all right. That that, yeah. that leaves our audience wanting more. There, yeah. hopefully, so that, if you come that, back on. So we're, yeah, we're working on on her stuff right now. Yeah. New material for her. So, yeah. and, that, and it's a hard. There we go. That was another little little subtle one that you just put in. Yeah. So, <laughs> te, so tell our audience where where they can find what the legend that is John Buck. You know, um, you know, because I love Instagram so much, you can find me, you know, you can look up for me on Jean Vaven, uh, official 2.0. And you can kind of throw the link out there on, on, on his uh, podcast. Yeah, definitely. And, and, there'll be there'll be links to, to the socials once I yeah. once I yeah, figure out how to copy and paste. Yeah, you know, you can find so me on where, there. As we're starting there. to come up in time, well, I'll come to uh, the final question that I, that I ask all my listeners, like the whole two that have been on so far. <laughs> if uh, you could give one piece of advice to anybody that's um, struggling with uh, mental health issues right now, what would that piece of advice be and why? Okay. I would say to find your voice. And to find your voice is to be quiet for a moment. Once you're, you have that, that, that quietness, everything will come full circle. And you don't have to worry. That's really good advice. And then we come to the final section of the show, which is 
ask Andrew anything. For anybody that has been listening to the show, this is where, after me grilling the guests for about 20 to 25 minutes, I give them a chance to ask me a question, something that I have to answer wholeheartedly, 100%, no filters. Jonva, do you have a question for me? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You know, you've been an amazing host. And like I said, I want to say, you know, thank you for bringing me on to the show. My question to you is, you know, where do you go from here, you know, with, with, with this show? Because I like, I like this show. So well, thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to have you on as, as with any guest that somehow agrees to be a part of my madness. Mm-hmm. Where I see it going as it's, it's kind of the same way that you look at things. Well, let's, let's live in the present. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've just found the groove to get back into doing what the interviews again. My confidence is starting to come back. Okay. I finally feel like I've got that bit of time to myself again where I can do it. And what well, got quite a few what, interesting guests lined up. And I'm just going to take it from there and see what happens. What I spent too long trying to think about what was going to come in the future or what was going to or what could happen or what should happen. If this doesn't happen, why is, why won't that happen? And it, and it burns you out. Well, I just I can't think like that anymore. And as long as I've got this to do and I get to speak to well, wonderful people like yourself and Harmony and the many guests I've got lined up, as long as I get to have these conversations and find out a little bit of new information every day and my kids are happy and, and my wife can tolerate me, then... I'm okay. Then I'm I'm pretty happy. I'll I'll keep going and I'll keep helping in any way I can with people. And what if it if it helps one person, what put a wee smile on their face, what even for a second, then it'll been worth it in my eyes. That's great, Andrew. And 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 continue doing what you're doing because there are many people out here who who needs to to hear the message, hear your voice. You know, just 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 kind of connect. So don't don't ever stop. And I always say, you know, don't pay, don't pay attention to distractions. You're, you're definitely on, on track. Remember that. That's great. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. For all the listeners, check out his podcast, Live Life, Be Happy 24-7. I believe that is the third plug I gave it. So that shows you how good it is. Some amazing guests on it and me. Uh, well, <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> and, and definitely check him out on Instagram look up anything that he's collaborated with music wise because trust me it's absolutely fantastic John Bob you're an absolute legend and such a gentleman well, it's you, very rare that we see them anymore I always say chivalry is not dead it's just in a coma and you're helping <laughs> bring it back to life thank you so much thank you, for coming thank on you. All right. so thank until you. next time everybody I've been Andrew Durning this has been Jean Va Ven. And until next time, take care. All right. Peace out. All right then. Later. Bye bye. Bye bye.